We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. All right, folks, what's good? We are back. Another episode, Ain't No Seats podcast. But before we got get going, we got to talk about Emprise Bank. Um, you can open an account with Emprise Bank in less than five minutes. The savings just start there, though. Emprise is a trusted partner with a variety of products and services to help you achieve your goals. Don't be tethered to a brick building. Start a meaningful relationship with a bank that has your best in mind. There's more options to do banking more now than ever. Who you work with is more important than how close they are to your home. Emprise has digital banking that meets you where you are, on your phone, on your computer, or even your smartwatch. A trusted partner is at your fingertips. An Emprise Bank debit card is good anywhere. You have access to 55000 free ATMs worldwide through the All Point ATM network. You can get the same kind of access to your money as any bank across the country while getting the value of working with a trusted partner in Emprise. When was the last time you went into a bank? Now more than ever, who you're banking with is more important than where you're banking. Emprise Bank has been with us since the beginning at KCSN. Partner Impossible, their member FDIC. Shout out Emprise Bank. But all right, AB, we got to talk uh, Saturday first. We'll talk a little hoops later in this episode, too. Got to get ready for Duke. Big one coming up there. But we got to talk football because, I don't know, I'd love to hear hear your take on it. But to me, that was the most frustrating game of the season. Like, it felt like we left so much out there. Should have easily, if we play even close to the way we can play, win that game and to lose that game by 15 points. It's just so frustrating. That was my main takeaways. It was just frustrating. Defense mm-hmm. was frustrating. Offense was frustrating. Um, so I don't know. Where are you at? Yeah, kind of the same boat. It felt like a game we should win um, just kind of the whole time. Like I didn't feel KU was overmatched. I didn't feel like, you know, they were out talented or anything. It just kind of came down to a handful of stupid mistakes, which as stupid as it sounds, we're kind of getting used to that, aren't we? I mean, it's happened in a handful of games, and if there was anything negative to say about this season, that's probably it. But, yeah, I mean, especially with the past as KU football fans, like there aren't many games where you feel like you should win and you don't. This was one of them to add to that list. And, you know, but again, and we've all talked about this for the last few weeks and in group chats or whatever, but 
once we got to six wins, like there's really no difference, but you'd like to win as many games as possible. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I mean, it, you sit there and you watch a game you want to win and you certainly don't want to lose. Like if Texas tech would have just come out and been an absolute juggernaut, that's one thing, but like mm-hmm. that team is not better than us. They're certainly not 15 points better than us. And to see, I mean, our defense just missing tight, missing tackles, offense, making just poor decisions, poor clock management, poor oh. everything at times. Um, it, it just sucked. That's those are the most frustrating ways to lose football games and I guess I want to start with kind of the beginning and it seems to be a running theme and it's like you you said it we've got six wins so now really the most important game on my on my schedule now is let's win the bowl game like that Mm -hmm. would be a thrill to win a bowl game but what will absolutely suck is if we reach that bowl game and just are down 14-0 21-0 just because of a bad start and I know it wasn't that bad but once again, it just felt like we came out flat, came out not totally ready against them. We're down 17-7 at the end of the first quarter. It's like, I don't know what – I don't – that it shocks me that a Lance coach team, that's kind of been its biggest fault, would you say, is just how slow – I mean, you think back to Baylor, you think back to this game, you think back to – God, what else? I mean, all at West Bar, Houston. Yeah, like, yeah. We were down 14 0 in the first two games. Right. We won some of them. But yeah, I mean, that. TCU, even, you could argue. It will be so frustrating if we get to a bowl game and we do that because mm-hmm. it's, I just want to see this team. We kind of saw it against Oklahoma State, but they were banged up. I want to see this team give a good full four, full four quarters of football. And it just doesn't feel like we get that from them. So I don't know how, how big of a concern of that is, is it to you? And, how scared are you that that's going to happen come bowl game time? It's to me, it's more like going forward into future seasons. Like yeah. it's, yeah. it kind of feels like it's a trend that we can go off of. It's not like it's happened twice and every other game we're fine. It's almost every game we start down. Like I'd love to see yeah. how many games we've started with a lead. Um, yeah. I don't know off the top of my head, but my concern would be next year when there's legitimate expectations going into the year where we might even be preseason top twenty-five. Um, the concern would be that carrying over. And then when game starts to mean more, if we have a game where we could put ourselves in a good spot to make a big 12 championship and next year, two years from now, but we get down 14 on the road to a team that we're, we shouldn't be losing to. Um, yeah, that's kind of where it scares me more. Cause this season, no matter what happens the next three games, we're going to look back on it as like the most fun we've had since 07, 08. Like, yeah. But, but it it is fun to know that expectations are, there and Mm -hmm. it's like i think i've joked about it like it kind of when we got good early in the year it was kind of like whoa now i actually like have to deeply care about Mm -hmm. this football game on saturday whereas you were just used to hey compete and we're happy but it's nice to be frustrating frustrated about things like that um so i don't know where do you think the biggest fault was saturday if you were going to pinpoint the reason we lost, I know Bean got a lot of heat for his decision-making, and, I mean, I was frustrated. He just had two really bad passes. But he also <laughs> shows flashes of just being an absolute star. Like, some of the throws he had, that throw to Skinner in the corner, he's he's so talented, and I think that's why his mistakes are so frustrating is because he is so talented that you can see how good he could be. Um but I don't know. The defense was frustrating too. So like if you're pinpointing an area where you were like, man, if we just clean that up, we win this game. Where are you looking at? The special teams and clock management. 
I know that's crazy, and it was a 15-point game, but you missed two kicks. The end of the half, the end of the half was 2014 Bad. KU Jayhawks. Like can't you, have it. I want to look it up to see exactly what happened, but they the timeout usage was weird. They had the first down or the catch on the sideline or whatever, where the clock kept running and they just didn't realize it. Ends yeah. up being an interception. TCU or not TCU, Texas Tech goes down, gets points right before half. So you go in, it looks like you have a chance to tie it or take the lead going into half, and you get the ball coming out as well to down by six when I, I'd love to see the chance of that happening, like when we took over possession going into the final minute of the half. And it's so six points on the field goals, and then that exchange right there. I know it's not the same game, but it probably changes a lot. Like if you go into the half tied with the ball, you have, and I, I do feel like that sucked momentum right out of KU. Oh yeah, because they had just come it's, back. They were about to, they they were down twenty one seven, right? Yeah. And then they came back and they were down three. They had a chance to tie it, take the lead, whatever. Put yourself in a really good chance to win going into the second half. All that yeah. happens feels like it's just very draining. Tech scores, and then from then on, it was just. I mean, we had chances, but. Yeah, that was the thing. Like that that interception by Bean, it was like it was like he almost threw it with the thought of, eh, whatever, the half's over. Mm-hmm. And that was not the case, especially with how our defense had played. Like they were one big play away from being in field goal range. That's exactly what happened. So that's right there where it's like the, you, you say, you know, Bean's been great as a backup. He's been great stepping in for Jalen. But those are the things where it's like Jalen Daniels – didn't do things like that he Mm -hmm. he's so much smarter of a quarterback i think um and so and then we can talk about it but the fumble by bean and i know it's hard to get mad at a guy he gets blown up blindside but man he stood there for a long time Mm -hmm. you gotta know something's coming you gotta have a little bit of pocket presence there that was so or just have a peripheral vision like he was kind of i know he was looking downfield he was semi-facing where the pressure was coming from. Like he knew enough to keep backing up and backing up like he was. But yeah, yeah that that was that was a gut punch. I really thought they were going to go down and score. Yeah, it's and that's uh, it's just so frustrating. And and even so, not to put it all on Bean, and I, I'll put some of this on obviously the defense too because and I don't know, you could correct me if I'm wrong. Feels like the defense has had a couple spots this year where we really really needed a stop where it was like if the defense gets a stop here we can go win this game Mm -hmm. and i don't know if they've come up with that stop yet i mean even west that defense kind of melted down to let them back into it force that game to go to overtime um so i don't know like that's another big concern and i know that defense still probably another year away from being better than they are they've there's still a lot of newcomers on that team but like i want to see this defense before the season's over get one just huge stop where it's a statement stop and it puts the ball back in the hands of our offense to go make that game winning drive like it just feels like the baylor game this game we had that chance and they just trot right down the field and score pretty easily just as they did the other night so that's where I was really frustrated is it feels like good teams get a stop there, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't remember a time they've done it in like at the end of a game where it was close. Yeah. I mean, they were in Houston and Westfall, they went on those huge runs where they're like a 35 to seven run. Those stops, yeah. they're big, but they don't seem as big with 10 minutes left in the third quarter. Um, yeah. 
TCU is another example where they just kept on scoring after, you know, the offense kept fighting back to get into it. Um, yeah. So it is tough. It's definitely a concern. Um, that's just kind of the Big 12. The majority of the last decade has just been, can you outscore another team? And uh, I guess yeah. K-State's gone against that with playing defensive football. But most of the time you're going to have to score 40, 45 points to win a game in this conference. And This, uh, this stat was a little concerning. Uh, Texas Tech came into the game eighth in the conference in rushing offense, averaging 143 yards per game. Uh, they rushed for 264. Ugh. Not great. Not great. And like, that's what was just so frustrating. They, I mean, we gave up 15.4 yards per pass completion. It's just, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like, it's hard because you, we keep saying it. Whatever. We won six games. I don't want to sit here and just say nothing matters, but really it doesn't matter that much, but I'm kind of with you where you're like, but these little concerns like clock management and digging yourselves a hole early in the year or early in the game, is that going to be a theme next year when Mm -hmm. we want to go win eight, eight, nine games next year, Um, seven games? I don't know. That's an interesting, that's an interesting topic too, is what will the expectations be next year? But it's just, yeah, the clock management, not getting blown up by offenses that aren't good offenses, at least running wise. So I don't know. I'm uh, I'm not confident that we get another win in the next two weeks. Uh, I think we're seven point dogs against Texas. I don't know where do you stand confident wise on this team getting another win. So that that line's jumped to nine last time I saw, um, which I kind of thought it'd be double digits. I was surprised yeah. when it came out at seven, but I think we have a better chance of beating Texas than K-State. Is that crazy? Yeah. I mean, I viewers mean, looked awful last night, and Bean was able to tear up the TCU defense. Like, I know teams change, whatever, but, I mean, they put up three points on offense, Texas did. Yeah. It's just yeah. so up that and down. That was insane. <laughs> we talk about gambling traps where it's like, why was Texas seven-point favorites in that game? And it felt like a trap, but turned out that was bad. Yeah, that was a bad line. That was that, a bad line, and I'm mad I didn't take it. That mindset always cancels out for me when it involves Texas, though. Remember <laughs> yeah. the Oklahoma State game like a month ago? They were seven and a half point favorites on the road there and lost yeah. outright in regulation. Yeah. Like it just Texas always gets overvalued, which is kind of why I think I like KU going into Saturday. First of all, ice cold day in Lawrence. Ice cold. Uh. Texas yeah. boys, they've, they've given up. They can't, they're not involved in the Big 12 title picture anymore. They're way out of the playoff picture. Eight and four, mm-hmm. six and six, seven and five, like we've been saying. It's all the same. So I think KU comes out firing. The only negative downside, we've beaten them twice in the last six, seven years. So yeah, it's, I don't, I mean, if, if, if these guys can't get up for this game to not, I mean, the amount of, they got roasted for losing mm. to us last year. And I know we're better this year. It wouldn't be as embarrassing of a loss. But, like, those guys are just – if they can't get up for this game to try and win, then they're just losers. They're just flat-out mm-hmm. losers. So, I think Texas will come to play. Um, I'll be honest. I texted this in the group chat. I'm desperately ready to see Jalen Daniels back on the field again. I don't know if he's coming. Sounds like he's been practicing. He's got pads on. Feels like we're close, but who knows? It could just be a big front. I don't know. I really don't know. But, man, I just kind of – being, as we've said, 
He's electric. I actually saw someone tweet this at me, and I wish I could remember who they were so I could give them credit because it was a really good comparison. They said Jason Bean's kind of like the David McCormick of KU basketball, <laughs> uh-huh. where it's like David McCormick showed flashes where you're like, man, this guy, all Big 12, all American, he's got that level of talent. And then he'll turn around and have like a three-play stretch where you're like, this man is the worst player in the entire country. Like that was the David McCormick experience. And that's kind of the Jason Bean experience. Like Jason Bean, that scramble and throw to Skinner in the corner, you're like, oh my God, this guy is so talented. He's so good. And then he throws the pick or like the pick at the end of the first half, the fumble. It's like, what are we doing? So it's a good comparison, man. And I love watching Jason Bean. He's absolutely electric, but I just miss Jalen Daniels. I'm ready to see Jalen Daniels. Like, are we in a are we in a Vasco or JD? I don't conversation? know. I, I think Bean had to have gotten hurt at the end of that game. Like, there's yeah, no way they would have just trotted Vasco out or Vasco. Vasco is that his name? Yeah, yeah. Like, they Even wouldn't have Vasco. just trotted him out. The game wasn't over. It was they're yeah. down 15 with four minutes to go, and they were moving the ball. So I assume yeah. he got banged up on that sack. But yeah, I I don't know what to think. I have many thoughts on JD. First of all. If he ends up missing the whole season, everyone on KU Twitter owes that guy an apology um, for saying that he was out for the year. Um, Has he tweeted anything since then? I haven't even looked. Because it will be, I, it would honestly be such a power move to say, yeah. stay completely silent. And then the second the season ends, just hop in with like a gif, mm-hmm. which being like, told you so or something. Like, I would the, respect the hell out of that move. The Forrest Gump wave where he's just, <laughs> yes. hello. Um, <laughs> But I don't know. I thought JD was close to playing like the last three or four games, and there was a bye week mixed into that. Like, when he started warming up against Baylor in full uniform, yeah. Like, okay, is he actually going to play? And they had the week off, and I thought for sure he would play against Oklahoma State and didn't. Um, so I don't know. I, didn't they say a month ago he was able to play in case of emergency? Maybe. Like they're, they're playing it super slow unless they absolutely yeah. need him, which may be the case on Saturday. Yeah, and which I guess that's true. Maybe it is time. But to me, it's like Jalen Daniels deserves to play in our bowl game. And maybe Mm -hmm. the plan is to, hey, let's keep resting him because, like we've said, these next two games don't matter much. Let's keep resting him and let him go out and play the bowl game. But to me, that's kind of crazy. I would hope you'd want to see him play a game or two before you just throw him into a bowl game in a month. So I got to think if we don't see him this weekend – I don't know. I guess you could play him against K-State and then play him in the bowl game. But would you agree that if we don't see him in the next two weeks, he's probably not playing in the bowl game? Probably not. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess that'd be a whole nother month for him to prep. But at that point, what's, what's the weird. real point of it? Like, yeah. you're going to really remember winning the Cheez-It Bowl or the Armed Forces Bowl or whatever. Like, I mean, I hey, for us, obviously, it's a big might, deal. But, we might um, remember this forever. I don't. Do you know any of the rules behind like medical red shirts and stuff? Like, is there any chance at all he could get one of those if he doesn't come back? No, I don't know that enough. I feel like he played five and a half games. I feel like that's a little too much for that to even be a possibility. I think I thought it was like four games or something. I don't know. That could yeah. be. Is that the transfer rule where as long as you yeah, yeah like the games, transfer, transfer like standard red yeah. shirt? Um, yeah, but I don't know. It's just so a I don't mystery. know. Yeah, it is. And Lance and them are so are so 
good about hiding it. I, I really have no clue what, what their plan is for him, but I just feel like Jalen Daniels is the one that lit this team. It, he kind of got it going and I would hate for him to just never be a part of, you know, one, we say these next two games don't matter, but we have a really, I mean, we have a chance to go in and spoil K-State season. So if you're a true rivalry and you're a football team that still has a bowl game coming up, but you're motivated and, and you want to go get a program just changing win, that's one you go get. You go win in Manhattan when they have a chance to go to the Big 12 title game, a chance to go play in like the Sugar Bowl. Like We could take all that away from K-State if we go in a play. And so I don't want – I certainly do not hope that the staff is – kind of mail and i don't think they are they're not mailing in the season but i if jalen can play i want him to play because if they didn't mail it in last year and they burned a year of eligibility for jd and for a team that was one and eight one and nine going into that texas game they're not going to do it this year when they're actually competitive yeah good point good point so hopefully i mean i'm sure jalen's just still not ready and maybe he will be by Next Saturday, and if not, then hopefully by K State game because man, that would make that would be more obviously more fun than a bowl game win, right? Yeah, thousand percent. <laughs> yeah, so that would be good. Which, by the way, not to get on a K State tangent, but like Will Howard has to start so much better than Adrian Martinez, <laughs> and like Adrian Martinez, I I kind of think people were right about him. And I know yeah. K-State fans don't want to believe that, but, man, Will Howards, he's good. And, and it's it just like, feels like they play a lot better when he's in the game. Yeah. we were. I was watching with a friend last night who's a K-State fan. And I, like, when Ader Martinez got hurt, I think it was tied and they were about to punt or something. It's like, dude, mm-hmm. just go live bet K-State. Like, we both know that Will Howard's better. Yeah. Just I mean, you're gonna. That's the best value you're gonna get. So, and he did. It'll be interesting to see what they do with that. If if I don't know how severe Martin was, Martinez injury even that bad, or they truly just stick with Will Howard. I I don't know. I had the sound on for KU, so I wasn't really listening to commentary. But I don't know. It's it it's pretty funny. Adrian Martinez was just such a it was such a hot topic in the offseason. Like was it Nebraska or was it Martinez? And both. I think it was just a mixture of both. I think it was a mixture of both. And Will Howard, I mean, I hope they play Adrian Martinez the rest of the way because Will Certainly like our better. chances better against them or against him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You got anything else on football? No, not really. Yeah. Just kind of bummed. Yeah. Me neither. It was just a frustrating game. Ready to, one of those, you as a fan, you just move on, forget about it, don't get too hung up on it. But man, it sucked because we could have won that game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just hope, I just want one big time. And I said it before we beat Oklahoma State. I want one big time moment left, which getting a bowl game was that moment. So I guess I got what I wanted. But uh, I would love one more win. But whatever, getting greedy at that point. So all right, yeah. we're going to transition here take a quick break and then get right back in to talk some KU hoops we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Well, believe it or not, AB, it is also basketball season. People forget that. The Hawks are preseason top five team. They just won the national title, and they have a big game coming up against the Duke Coach k Blue Devils on Tuesday, um, which is exciting. I don't. I have no idea what to expect. It's going to be a very – when you have young – we're kind of young, but when you just have kind of a new team um, – these games are really telling. These are the games where I think you learn a lot about your team early in the year. So, like, Grady Dick looks great. Um, Ernest Uday, who I've said, like, I'm falling in love with that guy. Just He just fits the mold of a guy that's going to be so good under Bill Self. Catches lobs. Just so fun to watch. But, like, for those guys, I think this is a huge test for them because Duke – insanely talented i think they have the two of the top three recruits in the country Mm -hmm. um two just humongous i mean they're tall they're long they're athletic um and i would say the biggest question mark for this ku team is do we have a starting center do we have a guy that if you're playing against a team with a good center who's going up against him so far it's been kj and i know you're a you're a KJ Stan. You predicted him starting at the five, but can that's I? That's not going to last least, long, though. Can I get you to at least say for this team to be good and this team to have a chance to make back-to-back Final Fours, Ernest probably has to step into that five spot. Yeah, KJ is not a national champion five. Like, <laughs> no, there's you no way we can about- spin it. He can be a role player. He can absolutely get some good minutes and log some quality playing time. But you know, you know when I say, can we? Can we picture it? You know, we we last year no. we said we can picture Remy Martin holding that trophy next to Bill Self. I want you to picture this. National championship game, Jim Nance calling his last game ever. Is that this year or next year? Either way, year. Jim Nance calling his last game ever, and KJ Adams is that is tipping the ball for the Kansas Jayhawks in the national championship. That's just not happening. That that my brain can't even fathom it. It just won't happen. And so we predicted the the visualization activity we did last year it worked out that's a lot Mm -hmm. of words worked out and i will say i would like to see norm or bill obviously bill's coaching from behind the scenes i'd like to see Ernest get the start on tuesday let him go out there fellow mcdonald's all-american with these guys that he's going up against 
Um, let him go up, play against them, and let and let's see how it goes. I think this is going to be the biggest test for him early on, and if he can survive it, I think it's going to be huge for his confidence moving forward and put us all in a little better spot expectation-wise for this team if we know that our, our starting center is a McDonald's All-American that could actually have an impact in game. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm hoping for, but I don't know. You think he gets to start? I'm kind of with you. I hadn't really thought about it that way until you just brought it up like that, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> you might have, because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, can't speak, um, the game doesn't mean a whole lot. Like, it's going to be awesome no. if we win. If we lose, it'll suck for 10 minutes, and then we'll be like, okay, it's November 15th. Uh, it doesn't really matter a whole lot. Um, and especially without Bill, like the team's not going to be close to complete until February, early March. Um, so you might as well just try stuff, see if it works. I don't know if they will just because it hasn't not worked so far. Um, yeah. But I'd be curious, not really at the starting lineup, but like minute distribution if it's – day the whole like majority of the time and he's playing starter minutes just wasn't jumping tip then um i think we'll have a pretty good idea of it going forward yeah i mean i'm just taking a look at duke and i think duke's pretty banged up do you know who's have they announced who's playing for sure i think Derek lively he's one of the that i think he might be the number one player in the country i think he was back for their last game if i'm correct am i right yeah he only played like 15 minutes i think it was um you gotta think he's playing yeah, Derek Whitehead. So you're talking about? Yeah, and then or no, he's Derek, the other guy. Well, the other center is Kyle Flipowski, which I mean, can you find a more Duke-looking guy? And I know this joke gets overrun, but let me grab my iPad here just to give you a little peek at Kyle <laughs> Flipowski. He looks like a, a skinny version of uh, who is that idiot center that won <laughs> it for? Uh, he was on Duke when they beat Butler. Zubak. Oh, Brian Zubak. Yeah. yeah, that's I'm getting vibes. From well, that guy. this guy was like the a top three player in the country high school wise. Cool. So he's probably really good. And we're going to regret that making fun of him. But yeah, then Derek Whitehead's a uh, freshman forward. I think he's been injured as well. Did he play yeah. in the last game? No, it says his injury status is still up in the air. Uh, he's recovering from a fractured right foot. Mm. Uh, so I, I don't like know when that happened. You don't or... rush back from. Yeah. Just play, so make it a scrimmage. Huh? I was just going to say, make it a scrimmage. We don't have our coach. They're banged yeah. up. Just have some fun. All I know is this game doesn't count if we lose. If we win, it certainly does. But if we lose, That's, it doesn't count because we'll win, coach. Here, here's the thing, and I've called you out on this before. KU fans love doing that. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Last year, Kentucky was the biggest game at Allen Fieldhouse in a decade. We lost, and all I saw on Twitter after the game was, oh, non-conference game, doesn't really mean anything. We know we're going to be fired up on Tuesday night if we win, and we know we're going to be pissed off if we lose. But in the grand scheme of things, like, all it really is is a tournament resume builder, which I don't even know how much they look at November games for that anymore. So I went live on Spaces with a few guys after that, uh, the game Thursday night, and I said this, and I'd love to get your take. I think tomorrow night could really kind of set the tone or Tuesday night could really set the tone for how I feel about John Shire for the next 20 years. Like if we, if we somehow go in and whip their ass, like, are we going to hate John Shire? And I know, you know, they could turn around and beat us in the final four and that could all change. But like, 
I think this could really set the tone for how much we hate Duke and John Shire over the next 20 years. Now, if he's a total squid like Coach K and does really annoying, like I could see them winning in a close game and he does like a super irritating celebration that drives me crazy and I hold a grudge against him forever. Or we could just whoop him and it'll be like, oh, John Shire, that cute new coach at Duke, like he's he's like he's adorable, but Bill Self's going to just kill him until Bill Self retires. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? My only worry with that is we did the same thing with Hubert Davis last year. And I know we hate Duke more, but mid-January we kept laughing and we were making jokes that what if Bill Self just retired and we hired Jeremy Case? Like they end up going to like- national championship and blowing the biggest lead in that game's history. Um, so it can change quickly, but I, I don't think I disagree with the personal feelings towards Shire. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's, it's like, I want, like, it's just in my literally since kindergarten, I've just known to hate Duke. And I think early as a kid, it wasn't about the coach K. It was just that Duke was always good. KU was always good. And you just hated Duke. You were supposed to hate Duke. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, man, I don't, I don't feel hatred towards this team yet. I really don't. And so it's going to be interesting to see how I feel about Shire um, come Tuesday night. It'll it'll probably really hang on how the game goes, but I don't hate him yet. And it's kind of sad. It's kind of getting to me because it's it's more fun in life to just hate Duke. Do you not? Did you not hate him as a player? Like he wasn't JJ Redick, but he kind of just gave off the same annoying vibe. He won a championship. I, I really did not like him as a, I was very mad when that team won the title because that was the 2010 team where we should have, I mean, we yeah. lose to Northern Iowa and that Duke team was not a good Duke team. Like out of all the teams that Duke could have won the title. And I get, that's probably how people felt about our team that just won this title, but that team was not good. And I remember being so salty that Gordon Hayward's shot didn't go in because Butler was such, I mean, that was perfect scenario for us to have Butler go beat Duke. Nobody talks about the KU meltdown ever again because Butler beat Duke. And I know people don't, I mean, Northern Iowa still gets talked about, but like to have us choke the way we did and then have Duke win it. And John Shire, as I said, I said, there's going to be like an irritating celebration that he's going to do. I don't know if it's an over enthusiastic hug with Kyle Flipowski or maybe an aggressive high five with an assistant coach, John Shire is probably going to do something that just irritates the hell out of us. So we'll see, but I, uh, I don't know. I, I love that. I, he is hateable. I think he has potential to be hateable, but I kind of respect him. The dude stepped in, was an assistant coach for like seven years and took over the job. Like that's a power move. Mm -hmm. So you want to take a break? Get one more yeah. break in, then we'll come back and take picks. Let's do it. All right. I got sidetracked there. I kind of panicked and just took it. <laughs> um. All right. Do you want me to give you the line now, or do you want us to be surprised live? Let's just uh, let's go. I'll try and guess it. Okay. I like that. Right. You gonna lead into it? <laughs> yep. Let's go. All right. All right. We're gonna do picks. Let's do some gambling picks. Uh. Shout out DraftKings as always. But, A.B., I don't know this line yet. I'll be honest, I have not looked. So mm-hmm. I honestly hope I don't nail this prediction perfectly. Um, I don't think I will. I think I've heard rumbling, so I, I maybe did kind of cheat. I think I did hear rumblings of KU minus one. But that was, I think, before an official line. I'm going to make a prediction of KU minus two and a half now. 
So there's, I haven't seen an official line. Usually those don't come out till like the day of or the day before. Uh, so we'll probably see that tomorrow night. I'm on Torvik right now because it's free. Shouts to them. Uh, they have Duke as a three-point favorite. Wow. So, and I think I, I don't think of, that's what the line's going to show. I don't know. Maybe. I'm, so I'm torn. Like they usually do. They're usually pretty close to like Torvik, Ken Palm, things like yeah. that. But do you think Bill Self not coaching and Duke having like the recruiting class, the big freshman, and the brand is bigger than KU's for basketball? I'd say. Yeah. Is it going to be publicly bet and be more like minus four and a half for Duke? Like, do you think it could grow just based off of, oh, self's out, this guy, you know, they get three of the top four recruits. I, yeah. I mean, wow. it's Duke at the end of the day. I don't know. And it's just the, I really expected us to be favorites because of the injury issues that Duke's battling. Um, and I just think, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I was very impressed with how we looked Thursday night. I think it was the most excited I've been about this team after watching us because we're, sh I think we have a shot to be better offensively than I maybe thought. Mm -hmm. um, but with that That's said, Duke's obviously ultra talented. So you could be right. Just the fact they've starting. I mean, that's going to be the storyline. It's going to be Shire, and it's going to be the fact that they have two top three high school, maybe top mm -hmm. two. I, I don't even know. It depends on which site. But, like, that's going to be the story is they're loaded with freshman talent. Yeah, we're the defending champs. But, you know, we don't have, like, a Jalen Wilson's the face of our program. But Jalen Wilson's not, like, a, you know, he wasn't all American last year. He wasn't even first team all Big Twelve, so he's not like it's not like it's Drew Timmy returning to college or anything like that. So, mm -hmm. I think Duke is the hot, you know, topic, the team that people are going to be talking about more. So, could see them being favored. And you just look at talent. Yeah, Duke seems to be the clear favorite. But to me, I think it starts with like. Their main returner, the guy that I mean, Jeremy Roach, who was huge in their tournament run last year. I'm kind of excited to see what Dewan like. If Dewan can take him out of the game, and you've now that's your most experienced guy on the court. If Dewan takes him out of his element, gets him out of the game, now you're you're deal you're hoping that a bunch of freshmen can kind of lead you over a, a team that is still we're still pretty good. We're top five, like we're a good team. So. I don't know. I'm. I think that doesn't bode well for Duke. Is that our best defenders going up against the guy that I think probably needs to be their most steady guy early in this season while their freshmen get their feet wet? But I don't know. So, what do you think? I mean, what do you think of the line? What's your confidence level? Where Where would you be betting on? I don't. I don't know. I think I'd lean Duke, but yeah. you kind of like talked me out of it a little bit. I just think the length is going to be an issue. Like. Yeah. We've been saying for months the biggest hole is the bigs. And, like, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, it could be a breakout game for Uday. And Jalen could, you know, like Speed did back in 2018, just play bigger than he actually is and uh, contain. But I, I don't know. It just it terrifies me to no extent yeah. that they're just going to have the number yeah. one recruit, 7-1, I think I saw earlier. <laughs> I mean, super long. Yeah. And then it just – I think we're going to have to yeah. play, like, very, very well to have a chance to win. Yeah, the more you say it, the more it's like I'm trying to picture how we're going to get our points. Like you think about Jalen's kind of fallen in love with the jump shot early in the year, which you don't want to see, but he's making them. So obviously we're going to have to hit jumpers. Jalen's going to have to hit. Grady Dick's going to obviously have to hit, which I'm confident he will. Um, but, yeah, it's like 
McCuller hasn't really, you know, he hasn't really been there offensively yet much. Uh, and then you picture the way Jalen gets a lot of buckets is going inside. Right. You got two big centers in there swatting things out of there. That's a little concerning. Same with DeWan. Pretty much the only way DeWan scores is around the rim and like floaters and stuff. And I don't know. So it is, unless we shoot lights out. Yeah. I guess I'm, you've slowly shifted me to the other side. Yeah. Are we, I just don't know anything about them other than they're long. I don't know how their like, offense is. It, and it may just turn into a game like 2018 where they're so much longer and athletic and bigger than KU is that they yeah. try and zone up on defense because, you know, if they, if they put a seven-one dude on Jalen Wilson, I have a feeling Jalen's gonna be able to drive around and, you know, either yeah. draw other dudes or get fouled or whatever. Um, but are we good enough at shooting the ball if they do go zone to break it? Like yeah, I like Grady shot a lot, but like then it's like okay, Jalen, we've seen it for years. He's pretty inconsistent for shooting the ball. Dewan's got no shot. I mean, he might hit a he hit a couple in the tournament that were big, but we're not gonna rely on him to hit two threes a game. And then McCuller hasn't gotten anything going. So it's like, yeah, I, I kind of no, yeah, think they zone. will go zone. And if we can shoot out of it, then I'll be even more confident in KU than I already am. But I just don't and know how that's going to show through. That's the scary part is like you look at our bench too. And like Bobby Pettiford has been the clear, like he's the number one mm -hmm. guy off the bench. We talked Bobby and Joe early in the year. I love Joe, but Bobby's <laughs> clearly yeah, the face. the face of KU basketball. That was so funny for people that did not see on all of ESPN's like promo of this game. They're showing Joe Yesifu as like the face of Kansas. Jalen's right. Like, so what the funny. hell is this? But Jalen uh, got time in the commercial though. They showed he, he did. Get, they like, showed the three the coaches and then it was Jalen Wilson as the fourth. Yeah. Wait, Bill's did they show Norm or Bill? They didn't show either of them. They just showed Jalen instead. So they showed, oh. they showed Izzo, Cal Perry, Shire, and then Jalen when they were talking <laughs> about Hall of Fame coaches. And then they like, got it in a transition to that's players cool. or talent yeah, or so, champions or whatever. Yeah, that's good. Jalen's a face. That's why he came back is to be that guy. So I'm happy for him there. But yeah, I mean, Bobby Pettiford's clearly been the guy. He'll be the backup player. He'll be first off the bench. But the problem with him is he doesn't add an element of like scoring. And to me, that's what this team desperately needs off the bench is a scorer, is a zone buster, and honestly, and like that's what sucks. Joe Yesifu could be that guy, mm -hmm. and I'm never like I feel like I'm just I'm begging Joe Yesifu to be good, and I want it so badly because he's so lovable and he's just you, he tries hard, he has a good attitude, but he just I mean he made some shots, but he just doesn't make a lot of shots. And for a guy that's supposed to come in and be a scorer, he hasn't done it. And so, but the thing that sucks is he's the guy, if you bring in a guy off the bench that could come in and hit some shots, I just don't know if he will be the one that we bring in. Cause I think Bobby has clearly been uh -huh. the best guard off the bench. And frankly, Bobby, I mean, I think you're going to see, it's going to be hard to take Bobby off the floor at times, which is a little concerning. Cause then you're rolling with Bobby and Dewan together and I don't know how that's going to go, but we had the same concern last year though where we would just go in lulls where Ochai was out and the offense was just stagnant and we'd go five minutes without making a shot. Yeah. And that team won a championship. But. but, okay, so hear me out on this lineup. Dewan Harris, Bobby Pettiford, Kevin McCuller, 
let's be fair and say Jalen Wilson and then either KJ Adams or Ernest Uday. Like, <laughs> I'm saying if Grady Dick's out of the game and Bobby Pettiford's in for him, that is a scary bad offensive line. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, but it's it's also just as scary good of a defensive lineup. This team's going to drive me nuts. I just know it. There are going to be some games they score 95 points, and there are going to be some games they win 61 to 58. Oh. And that's what's exciting is I think they're going to be in every game. Like, their their defense is going to be too good to, like, not have a shot. Like, and I don't know. We could be wrong. The athleticism and and stuff of Duke could could show to prove that wrong, but – I don't know. I think Dewan and McColler. You got Dewan and McColler. Like the the havoc those dudes wreaked early in that game Thursday night, just insane. Their hands are so quick. So defensively, we're going to be good. I I don't think we're going to be twenty twenty good, but I think it's going to be a top three Bill Self defensive team. Problem is they lack that five. It, it goes back to what we said at the beginning: who's blocking shots, who's protecting the rim. It's not going to be KJ, so it's got to be. Ernest, because it certainly doesn't seem like it's going to be Clements, which is kind of a shock to think that he's not even getting not even getting minutes. But um, so yeah, you, we'll see. I was going to ask you how to pick on the total. It, they're projecting God. Torvik's projecting seventy three seventy Duke, so that's one forty three. Yeah, yeah, my I'm a big bet the under guy in the Champions Classic, but I think that was a horrible pick last year. I think the yeah. Hawks scored 87 last year. It's, it's been um, bad. It's it's either been like it goes over by 30 points or it stays under by like 30 points. The Kentucky game, COVID year, remember that? <laughs> yeah, it's it the worst horrible. basketball game I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I would still bet the under on this game for the reasons you said. They're long. We're going to struggle to score, but they're young and we're good defensively. So I think we're going to give them problems. Like if there's a, a similar podcast, the Ain't No Seeds podcast, that's Duke. I think they're saying, man, yeah, we're talented, but Juan Harris won a national championship. He's a great defender. Kevin McCuller was great at Texas Tech. He's there now. Like we are scary defensively, especially for a team that's young. And like I said, they're their most experienced guy that's kind of the – the, the floor general, I think, is going to be taken out by Dewan. Dewan's going to be all over Jeremy Roach's 40 feet all game, I would imagine, or right mm-hmm. up there. So I think that's a scary thing for them is they're, they've got to deal with our defense. So I just love it under. I think my bet would be something like a 67-62 type game. Um, but I don't know. So I'd bet under – and I I kind of think I kind of think the Hawks get it done. I don't know why. I think we were kind of too low on them. Maybe I don't know. It's it's hard to predict anything. We in in after Tuesday we will talk, and I think we will fire some takes that will be we will over uh, react. Right? We always do one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. 
We're either going to be national I, champs or second round exit based on a November 15th ball game. Yeah. I mean, you think back to 2020 uh, against Duke, we had like how many turn? We had like a historically bad game. Yeah. We had like 20 some turnovers. I don't even know, maybe more. Uh, and so that, that storyline was, I remember uh, Jeff Goodman picked us to win the title at the beginning of the year. And after that game, he goes, I was so wrong about Kansas. This team <laughs> is not winning the national title. Turns out we would have. So Goodman overreacted more than any of us, but I don't blame Aaron, him really. We, we look terrible. Aaron Kraft over Andrew Wiggins. People forget. Um, I'll take, so I'll take Duke in the over just to get it on the record. Um, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever gotten a total right in the Champions Classic. Like I said, it's either, it's, oh, last year there were 17 total points in the whole game. Let's take the under. They struggle early. <laughs> and then it's 47-42 at halftime and just dead. Um, yeah. But yeah I'll, I'll take Duke in the over. I hate taking Duke. It makes me want to throw up. But it's like a picture thing. Is Norm Roberts beating Duke? Yeah. And it – ah, God, you're right. And it's like – it's such a Duke move to have things go so well in the first week where it's like John Shire steps right in. He's the new guy, the new guy at Duke. And it's like, they could blow us out and everyone's going to be all over Shire. It's like they'll become national title like contenders right off the bat because of this game. Like they've done that multiple times. Ugh. I got that. That will make you hate Shire. Mm-hmm. Back to your point from earlier that you're going to, this game is going to be a deciding factor. If Duke wins pretty convincingly and jumps to number one in the country, like there's going to be a lot of Duke talk for the next few months, and that's going to oh, be a yeah. perfect start to hating them. Yep, that's that's right. We figured it out. That's exactly um, – because, yeah, that's just – that's that's how college basketball goes. So I can't really see another scenario where – I don't know. I guess if Norm leads us and, – and I said this on the Spaces thing too, like – it really, I haven't really noticed Norm being out um, or self being out. Norm obviously has worked with him forever. I notice it in little ways when guys make a mistake, he gives them a little more leeway, lets them stay on the court a little longer. You don't see as many just immediate timeouts after a bad defensive breakdown where Bill just calls the timeout just to yell at a guy longer. You haven't noticed those things quite as much with Norm, but I do think this game is where you might see lack of bill sell like i kind of hope to see that like wouldn't it be kind of it would be interesting to just get over with this game and be like damn bill self so good because we'll notice little things that maybe norm doesn't do mm-hmm. like out of bounds timeout like out of timeout plays and things like that it'll be interesting to see if if it's bill's brain or if it's the the coaching staff's just overall brain and it's probably it's a huge mix of both but I don't know. Do you think we'll feel that Bill's not on the sidelines Tuesday? I don't think so. I normally don't notice the coach on the sideline during the game. Now, if there's yeah. a not as much in basketball because you can't really question a play call. I like diving deep into basketball X's and O's sometimes, but like I'm not the kind of guy that can watch a play and be like, oh, they messed that up right there. That Bill yeah. would notice me pissed off about. And then I'd be pissed at the play call. It's not like football. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't think I'll notice it in the time unless they show a close-up of norm um but it's got to have some sort of an effect oh and it's going to be a huge storyline they're going to talk about it all game um so yeah it'll be i'm curious to see if we feel the impact or not and uh like i joked if we lose it's because bill didn't coach if we win Mm -hmm. 
this game matters more than anything ever. So that's uh, that's where I'm at. It's going to be fun. I love this game. I just love I, – I miss – I, I, that's another thing I wanted to ask. Do you like this being the third game of the year? Or do you prefer nope. opening night? Opening night. Opening night. Even opening though night, we probably night. look a lot worse opening night. <clears throat> yeah, so would Duke, though. Yeah. Especially this year, Shire's first game ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I just – it's almost like a tradition to me. And it was the best. They only had a couple of years where it was like this. But they'd have mm-hmm. the 24-hour basketball marathon that would start yeah. – at 6 p.m. or 8 p.m. Monday night, and it would lead into the Champions Classic. Yep. Just perfect Same start to the season. There's nothing better than that. I miss it dearly. I wish they'd bring it back, but it just know. it doesn't feel the same. Like I told you this off the air. I haven't really watched much of the first two games. It's just like they just won a championship. I can't get excited to play North Dakota State. Like, I just yeah. can't. But for Duke, it'll, it kind of feels like the kickoff to the season, like Christmas Day is to the NBA. If you're yeah. paying attention to the NBA right now, I'm sorry, you got some problems. But <laughs> like, that's kind of how I see the Champions Classic every year. Once that happens, bang, then we lead right into Thanksgiving tournaments, and before you know it, it's conference season. Yep. Yeah, I agree. It is. It is a thrill to have it be the opening night and just feel it's like a mini Final Four, where it's like you love the Final Four partly because your team's playing in the Final Four, but you love it because you're all that gets talked about that night. You're Mm -hmm. the, your program that you love hearing about is the storyline and the champions classic when it's opening nights, the same way. It's like that. That's all anyone in college basketball is paying attention to. And maybe that'll still be the case Tuesday night, but I don't know. It just feels different. And I'm sure we'll get back to it. Maybe with next year, not being, uh, not having the election or whatever issue that we had Mm -hmm. this year, but, uh, We'll see. I don't know. I'm excited either way. It'll be it, like I said. We we can speculate. We can predict. We can make all these these have all these conversations about this KU team Tuesday nights, where I think you really start to learn where where we're going to struggle, where we can improve, where we're good at. I think it'll tell us a lot for at least a few months, and then come February, March, this game will mean absolutely nothing, mm-hmm. and uh, it'll just be a good way to see where we're at currently so be a good quad one win there we go R- ramp up those quad one wins let's go get another one seed uh, that's what bill self does so before we get off uh, here i do want to sprinkle one thing uh michigan mm-hmm. state on the money line on tuesday early game september they October, did look good against home. gonzaga uh-huh. outside um Is Shibway playing i don't know but <laughs> I, I didn't even know he was hurt, to be honest. He's had um, a knee injury. I'm sure he'll play, but it's just straight vibes. One crazy thing: both games on Torbic are projected 73 to 70. Uh, that's all I really got. So I got to be honest with you. I mm-hmm. I completely disagree. I think Kentucky rolls Michigan State. Here's why: <laughs> Coach Cow heard all year. I mean, that fan base turned on him. They hate him. That dude. I think Kentucky's going to come out early in this season and make a statement and like dumb. I mean, Shibway coming back is just unfair. That guy was so dominant. Um, we need more man, of that though. It makes yeah, college basketball do. so much better when guys are so around. Much like, better because what sucks now is every time there's a guy that's there for two or three years, we think he's there for a decade. Yeah, like Hey Clark for Virginia feels like he's been there forever. No, he just played and as like, a freshman. Drew Timmy's insane. Drew Timmy, Drew Timmy exactly. was like the best big man in basketball two years ago. Mm-hmm. And he came back and he came back again. God. I didn't even know he had the option to come back again. We could have used him, man. There were some rumors that he might be transferring. And I thought, boy, if we got Drew Timmy, we'd be back to back champs. God. 
Yeah. Well, it's in the past now. We'll we'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Ernest is my guy. I'm in love with him. He's great. So uh whatever. It's fun. Basketball's here. Uh that's all I got. You got anything else? Not that I can think of now. All right. Well, thank you as always for listening. Um excited for Tuesday night. Excited for next Saturday. Big one against Texas senior night. Get out there, support these dudes because they've brought us more joy than any football team has in a billion years. So uh, go show them support. And uh, that's all we got. Thank you for listening. Rock Chalk. Woo.